On this episode of Resi Week, we talk FTC Finds Ring, Lightline Lighting Products, and Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 384, Apple Vision. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my longtime friends. First, we have Amanda Wildman. She is the co-owner of True Media Home out in Michigan. How are you doing, Amanda? I am doing great. Joining you from a, a job site. So bear with me if you hear any like loud noise or anything like that. I'm out in the car, uh, but on a job site. So excited to be here, though. As always, love to chat with you, Matt. Hey, at least one of us is working today. <laughs> the uh, the other gentleman that is joining us is Ian Bryant. He's the operations manager and project manager for Premier SAV out of Jackson Hole. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing great, Matt. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me back. He's very excited on a Monday. Hi, it's very, very, very exciting. I, I know his tone doesn't show it, but he is he is pumped to be here. <laughs> All right, we're going to kick this off. This is uh, airing on a Wednesday morning uh, or, or going live Wednesday morning, which means the ribbon cutting for Infocom 2023 has kicked off. Uh, we're not covering any direct stories yet because it hasn't started when we recorded it. Um, but it will be a great show. We have uh, some aviation people on the ground, so you can go to our portal and check out all the, the, the coverage from the show. I'll just do kind of a quick blanket statement to the both of you, or, or blanket question to the both of you on this. Um, are you excited for any potential news coming out of Infocom this year? Uh, something maybe even just as simple as, hey, we're going to actually ship some of the products that we're, we're marketing. Um which is still not happening. Uh, that is my my future cast for, for Wednesday. But it, is there anything that, any rumblings you're hearing that are exciting either of you? Or is this, you know, another kind of wait and see year? I'm excited because I'm seeing everybody kind of like all my friends like head on over there. Um, so I'm excited with what they're going to bring back and I'm watching, you know, what's going on, but I don't have anything specific. Other than the fact that I'm just curious to see with some of this new stuff we'll talk about later with Apple, how that's going to work with uh, the Infocom or like the uh, um, video conferencing and different things like that. So um, that's about it. That's pretty much the only thing that kind of touches me right now is uh, the video conferencing type stuff. So always looking for innovations in that. That's true. Ian, anything or you don't care? Uh, no, of course I care. Uh, we we do uh, no, we do some commercial work up here in, in Wyoming. But uh, I think that it's funny. Before you even said it, the first thought that came to my mind was, "Yeah, who's going to be shipping product?" Uh, and so I'm curious to hear. I think that's going to be asked by probably 75 percent of people. There are going to go to their sales reps yeah. and say, "So, are you actually going to ship this to me?" Uh, and then they're going to get tired of it. But you know, that's what happens. I'd like to see some really nice, big, um, innovative announcements come out. I'd hope to see that maybe some some manufacturers are pushing some boundaries. Um, so we'll see maybe some new digital art products. Um, I don't know, video technology, something cool. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I've seen 
I've heard a couple rumors. I've seen a couple uh, things that I can't talk about yet. Nothing is blowing me away yet. Um, there, there was some early acquisition news uh, that it doesn't affect either of you, but one of the big distributors up here in Canada was just uh, acquired by Midwich, which is cool um, for SFM and all the people over there. But again, that doesn't directly target our market, although SFM does have a small footprint in in the uh, cons- the, the residential integration space. Uh, notwithstanding, it will be interesting to see what else comes down the pipe. So we'll probably cover a lot of that next week. All right, let's kick off uh, some actual stories today. This comes to us from CE Pro. The FTC has accused Ring of illegal surveillance and proposes 5.8 million in refunds um, that possibly will will hit consumers or just get tied up by the FTC. Um, maybe. Love to say that we'll see it, but um, so this, uh, essentially boils down to rings security was, shall we say lax that, that, that works right Ian? Are, are you comfortable with lacking or, or, or a little lax? Um, what a lot of the articles written about this kind of imply is that it was external hacking, which I have not yet seen any real reports stating that the majority of it, uh, was by employees of said companies um, who were bypassing some potentially outdated security uh, issues within the within the system um, to again get into some stuff and also you know there, there there have been a couple of brute force things going on but nothing too crazy Amanda let me let me start with you on this <clears throat> I don't want to say that ring is not known for having amazing security, most people, most consumers just look at Ring and go, oh, they've got to be good because it's Amazon. Um, does this erode any consumer confidence? Or heck, will consumers even see the this, this you know, not, not only the CE Pro article, but any article about this? Or will this just get brushed under the rug? I, I think they're going to pay the fine. <laughs> it's going to get brushed under the rug. <laughs> and, you know, they're just going to kind of go on happy-go-lucky. And people are used to the convenience, you know, of easy plug-in doorbell, easy, you know, do-it-yourself, you know, kind of a thing. And I think that that's where our industry, we really need to do a good job of shining, of saying, look, we may be using some of these products, but this is how we're using them. And this is the trade-off that you're paying for that convenience and making people aware. Because when they're just buying a product from like a big box store or whatever, they're just going home, they're plugging it in, they aren't thinking about it, they aren't thinking about the security, they aren't thinking about the passwords, they aren't thinking about, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So I think if we're smart as an industry, like we use something like this to our advantage, um, of a selling point of why you work with an integrator. Um, you know, why do you work with a professional to set these type of products up um, in your home and to be educated about it? Uh, it? It's scary. Earlier today, I was literally just talking with an adjacent, very close adjacent industry to ours, um, an electrician, and they're like, oh yeah, well, we're tinkering with doing this and doing that. And I'm like, cool, where are you guys getting any training or where are you getting any education? And like, neither one of them have gone to any continuing education, podcasts, training, classes, anything in like five years since they've gotten their journeyman, you know? And it's like, that to me is a little bit more nerve wracking. And I think it's just an opportunity for integrators to kind of say, 
this is, you know, how we set ourselves apart. We're looking out for those things for you. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good point. Ian, before I get to you, I, I want to just throw this fun stat in there because there's a, there's a quote in the article um, that likely is coming from someone at the FTC uh, stating that, you know, that this will show that um, their disregard um, and, and, and for, for security makes it clear that putting profit over pri- privacy doesn't pay. And it's a $5.8 million judgment. I'm somewhat unclear on how the FTC d- deals with this, but notwithstanding, the estimated global sales for ring.com in the US, or sorry, global sales in US dollars was $663 million last year. So I, I'm sure the 5.8 mil is really going to uh, put a huge dent in that and show them how it doesn't pay. But my question for you, Ian, is we, we've known in our community, we've known this fact that Ring is not the most secure product on the market, that the majority of these consumer tech products are not. Do we have any control or any influence over those manufacturers to encourage them <laughs> to increase some security because at the end of the day, we're the ones who are putting them in and having to explain what limitations there may be in these products for consumers. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, didn't want I to love answer a good that leading question. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, the problem is there, or is it, well, there's a couple Put of problems. Some pressure on them, Ian. Come on. So we have a couple issues one is there really isn't much uh, of another option out there, right? I mean, if you talk about ease, not just, I mean, we could easily do cameras as far as integrators and custom integration and luxury integration. We can do cameras. We can do all kinds of stuff. We could put together something, but for the ease of use with the apps and multiple sites and multiple homes and everything, it just like we're kind of, you know, using them because of how uh, easy it is for the consumer to to operate and implement. and we can easily as a, a unified voice put some pressure on some of these manufacturers um, maybe through you know through cedia or other channels and try to to tell them that hey they need to make changes these are multi-billion dollar companies um putting profits over privacy is is something that that is unfortunately not it's not something that's very important to them as far as putting can, thinking about doing privacy first um we've seen it in the past you talked about uh, other, it's not just direct to consumer, just analog or just uh, technology providers uh, providing these simple solutions will will sh- take small shortcuts, think it's not a big deal, like utilizing old SSH protocols um, in their mm-hmm. in their products, just because um, implementing the newer protocols requires writing a lot more code or implementing um, you know subcontracting out more hours and things like that, and it just it's easy to go. And, and go with the older solution, unfortunately, is liable to um, be hacked from um, from really anywhere. So I, I don't know. Right now, I think we're kind of at, 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 at just wait and hopefully we'll see if the FTC maybe starts to cut back further. I, I think what the point that I what I was thinking when you were making that comment around uh, 5.8 million and, and fines uh, over the however many hundreds of million they make in revenue per year. Um, 
I don't feel mm-hmm. like that's going far enough to show the world that that they we mean business on. Hey, we really need to protect consumers. Um, I don't know if maybe the European Union and and they need to look and see if they violated any GDPR regulations um, to to make any further fines. Um, but and I also don't think that it, 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 in Amazon's um, to defend them, I don't think it makes sense for the FTC to to just uh, just pick on them and not go after the hundreds and hundreds of other of manufacturers and software providers for using outdated security protocols like really need if they're going to start doing if the ftc is going to start making doing investigations and start handing out fines they need to be consistent with everyone um is kind of the point Mm -hmm. i'm trying to get at so whether or not we'll see that and i'd argue that they will yeah i would assume they will just it's a amazon is obviously the big fish you can set the example um but also recognizing that amazon can pay that Google can probably pay that if, if they are used, you know, in, in the same boat, we don't know that they are, we're making general assumptions here. Um, but there's going to be a boatload of smaller companies that even if they were to go after them, they won't have any money to pay because they're fledging in that space. Well, then maybe those smaller companies will be the ones that make the changes to, to, you know, be more secure first, um, set the, set the bar yeah. higher for everyone else. Do you think that they're going to get pressure from the partners that they have, like LiftMaster, the garage door company, right? They're not going to want to be tied in, you know, with this. But now that you can tie in your LiftMaster with the Ring app and that kind of thing, if these adjacent other companies start getting tied in, they might start putting some pressure back and be like, we don't like to get called into all this crap either. I I would argue that they're still the big fish in the pond, though. So as big as LiftMaster is, and again, I don't know the numbers. I'm I'm just guess guessing here. They don't have the numbers. They're they're they'd be punching well above their weight class to get into that fight. As as with every other integration partner, because again, it's stinking Amazon. So hope to see it. And uh, you know, we've done our part here. So raise the flag. Let's go. All right. Uh, let's change topics. Um, as our lovely producer Mitchell said. For once, we're actually going to throw some Canadian content in here uh, to maintain the fallacy that is Canadian content laws. Um, Mitchell, it's I believe it's 33% of every episode legally would have to be um, uh, Canadian content. To we talk part. enough Although, about you, Matt. There's three of us here, and I am Canadian, thus Canadian content, no problem. All right. Uh, Lightline, a Canadian lighting fixture leader, has targeted the integration channel. Uh, Lightline is Canadian's lar- or Canada's largest lighting fixture manufacturer, uh, I believe specifically in the uh, recessed lighting space. Uh, they were out at Lightapalooza this past February in Phoenix, uh, showing all of their wares and all of their stuff to our industry. Uh, read through the article. It, it covers a really um, interesting aspect of how tough it was for them as a uh, electrical distribution partner company, right? That's how they distribute in Canada. That's how all of these companies uh, work in the US typically as well. How hard of a time they had getting into the electrical space in the US. Um, and then it gets into covering uh, some some other really cool uh, recessed intelligent downlights, et cetera. Uh, some very, very cool stuff. So go check that out. Um, Ian, let me start with you on this. 
we are seeing more and more companies. Lightline's been around for years. I've known of them for quite a long time. They are just starting down the vein of intelligent lighting, low voltage lighting, et cetera. We're seeing more and more companies from traditional, uh, the, the traditional lighting space moving in that direction, or at least adding a vertical to that. What does that mean for us as integrators, as well as the way we as integrators relate or, or have working relationships with our electricians? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to lead with was uh, it, I think it depends on your region that you're in and your ability to um, sell and spec uh, lighting fixtures. You know, where we are in, in Jackson Hole is a tiny community. And if we start um, really pushing hard on on lighting fixtures directly to our builders or our customers, we're going to rub some shoulders with the electrical contractors that we're trying to be friendly with. Um, and being a, such a small area, um, it's not for us, it's not really a risk that, that we want to start taking. If we are asked by our builder or if we're asked by the customer to get involved, we'd be more than happy to. And I'm really excited to see, um, I'm really excited to see this brand light line start to push further to our channel and make it more and make it easier and more available for us. But I think depending on your region and depending on who you're working with, um, it's really going to depend on if the integrator is able to expand it or if they want to take that strategic decision to that fight. Because as we all know, over the past decade or more, we've been kind of, and no one knows this more than Amanda, but the 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 areas are starting to blend together. We are starting to get merged into their mm -hmm. market and electricians are starting to merge into our market. And this just does, it does add that availability for us to get lighting products like this um, at a good margin and and make it a lot easier is just starting to blend those lines. And so, um, I I know it's kind of a a, a uh, um, I don't know the answer you want, but I would say it's definitely a strategic per integrator um, decision that has to be made on what you think is going to work for your company. But the opportunity is is absolutely there, and I love it. Surprisingly enough, that's exactly the answer I wanted because <laughs> that's the way I feel about this. And I have poked the bear at some of the these events multiple times for implying just that opinion. Um, Amanda, I, I've, I've actually been dealing with this with one of my customers to um, Ian's point. And like they, we, we do all of their tech, but they wanted to update some outdoor down lights. They called an electrician friend. He came over, tried to sell them some quote unquote intelligent lights. Um, it's not a huge house, but it's large enough that those intelligent down lights um, didn't work over Bluetooth because of Bluetooth limitations, which shocks no one who understands how Bluetooth works. And they were, they were frustrated. They came to us. We came back with a solution that was shockingly enough. A significantly, uh, a significantly higher investment than what their electrician had 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 sent them. Is that right there the dividing line for how integrators can get into, you know, the lighting aspect is by going after those. I don't want to say expensive, but that that separate line 
that line that the electricians don't want to mess with because it's expensive, it's complicated, it's funky. They don't want to play. They just want to sell their $50 dome light and or, 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 or pancake or whatever it is in your, your space and get on to the next home wire. I think absolutely that that's what electricians generally want to do. They, you know, they're they're okay with putting up the fixtures, although they complain all the time with the ones that the designers pick out because they have to assemble them and put them together and they don't like that. Um, and they don't like messing with, the moment you say that something has to be programmed or it's intelligent like lighting, they want nothing generally to do with it. Uh, so like for, for me and my company, like three years ago, we added an electrical division. So like, I was very excited when I saw Lightline and I believe that they are in most of the tech summits as well as Lightapalooza, the Cedia tech summits, because that is where I saw them. And I did see some fixtures that I really liked. Um, I think as both of these worlds are kind of blending together, the electrical and the low voltage, I think that it's important for integrators to stay up on what's available and be there in the ready. Um, because I don't think that unless you're going to open up an electrical division like what we did with our company, you still want to play nice with those electricians that you have relationships with, which I still like part of my company. There's a good chunk of us where we just partner with some electricians um, on certain projects. But there's a few, you know, where we take over that side of it. But when you build that good relationship and you can be that trusted partner, we've had electricians call us before and they're like, look, we can't find a fixture for this. And it's starting to become known that even these larger lighting companies have kind of like a CI channel. So what's interesting is if availability for the electrical industry is like on back order, sometimes you can get it through the CI channel, um, which has been an interesting kind of like change of events. And, for whatever reason, just because we do, I feel like so many tech summits and so many shows. And like I had mentioned earlier about how our industry is always up on trying to keep up on the education. I don't see that same thing happening necessarily in the electrical world. Generally, they're only hearing about whatever their electrical house is telling them about after the rep visited the electrical house. So they don't see as much new stuff as often as what we do. So I think it's really important for us to be a resource. And I think a company like this, like I mentioned to you, I found actually two different fixtures from them when I was at the tech summit that I was really excited about that I know when I bring those to my area and my market, like no other electrician is bringing those to my market. So that will like help me to be able to stand out and even the electricians that I partner with, it's going to make their projects look a little bit better, look a little bit cooler, um, you know, when I spec those kind of projects or products in. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's very interesting to watch. All right, let's hit our last story real quickly, just because it's going to make Ian be super happy. Uh, this comes to us from Residential Tech. Today, there was more than Apple Vision Pro news at the Worldwide Developers Conference uh, that Apple held last, well, yeah, last Monday, um, at their, their headquarters out in Cupentino. Um, Amanda, uh, Michael gives a really good overview of a couple of things without touching too much on the Apple vision pro, which I know is depressing Mitchell immensely because that's all he wanted me to talk about today. But the, the one thing that, that kicked that I saw that made me kind of go, Oh, well, that's interesting. And also about dang time. Um, 
FaceTime and video conferencing is now going to be available on the Apple TV 4K. What that means is you'll be able to use your iPhone the same way you can use it on Mac uh, or on iPad as your secondary or, or as your, your camera. You can set it up, it'll wirelessly connect and you've got an instant phenomenal webcam, uh, but you'll be able to use that paired with an Apple TV to use your display and FaceTime and do all those fun things directly on the massive screen that is in your living room or master bedroom or wherever. Um, is this something that a will be used extensively by the majority of our customers and B how quickly till customers use this in a seemingly, or, or I, I'm going to guesstimate that this will be a seamless process. Um, how quickly are they going to come to us and say, why is my boardroom such a pain in the butt? A lot of it's going to come down to us educating them. Um, so that's going to be how fast it rolls out is <laughs> how fast we show them and how fast we teach them. Um, I am probably most excited about it because I think about as a parent, and I'm sure you have this map too, is if your parents are ever FaceTiming like your kids, right? And all three of your kids are, you know, on the screen and your parents, for whatever reason, they're both crowded around your phone trying to FaceTime your kids and they can't see it or what's going on or, you know, whatever, you know. I think it's going to be so exciting for all of those people. Like, I just think of that, like having a bigger screen to be able to see like the whole family, to be able to gather more people um, and just have it easier to use. That is actually the part that I'm most excited about, which I know sounds crazy, but I love getting together even virtually, you know, like with my friends and over COVID lockdown. I mean, I remember doing it from, you know, like my Mac, right? We would have all of those you know, Friday night, AV, everybody would kind of get together and we'd chat about what was going on, but you're still looking at it on a small PC, you know, like your Apple screen. Yeah. To be able to throw that up on a TV, to be able to sit back and just be able to chat with people, I really like that concept and I'm actually really excited about it. That's a good point. All right, Ian, uh, bring this home for us. Which one are you most excited for? <laughs> Video conferencing on it. Which one am I most excited for? Let me finish. Okay. Video conferencing on an Apple TV, oh my gosh, or a Vision Pro headset. Thanks for teeing me up. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I mentioned to you earlier, I was just listening. I just had, every, when I was reading this article, I had Michael Heiss's voice playing in my head and him being so upset <laughs> about this. It's just, I cannot wait to talk to him further. But uh, I, I kind of felt the same way. Um, there was, I meant, like I mentioned, there was another article in, in Wired Magazine. They kind of felt very similar that um, the Apple ProVision is, it was kind of a, 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 just a dump from Apple. Like, um, I mean, there are many other uh, VR headsets out on the market that do almost the exact same thing. The only difference is that Apple pairs with Apple iOS and it gives you a couple features like using hand gestures and eye motion. But a lot of the other manufacturers are getting close to that as well. I think everyone was hoping that when Apple came out with their first headset, that it was going to be revolutionary, like a pair of glasses with no wires or something that we're, we've been looking at for a long time, like contact lenses or something that was just going to blow everyone away. And this just seemed to be kind of a turd. Uh, sorry to say it, but like it wasn't revolutionary like they've been in the past. And um, so for me, yeah, I think the video conferencing on the F Apple TV 4K, I'm already envisioning a lot of manufacturers coming out with 
uh, iPhone docks and stands to sit on or on top of or next yeah. to your TV. Like that's going to be all over CES next year. Um, and uh, and then, you know, some of the other stuff, the, the new support for Dolby Vision 8.1, um, the new uh, enhancements for the AirPods. There was a lot of stuff at the developer conference, the new 15 inch MacBook Air with uh, the Pro chip, the new Pro chip, um, a lot of cool stuff. So I'm in agreement with Mike and Wired Magazine and everyone else saying I, I just don't think I think they flopped. Um, I think maybe in three revisions, the um, Vision Pros, Vision Pro 3s. Uh, will probably be pretty cool, and I'll fork out the thousands of dollars to get them. But for right now, I'll pass. See, and and I will take my love for a lovely rounded ski goggle <laughs> to the next level and say, "This looks great." I've already got essentially four pairs of these, just with no screens in them. So, granted, mine weren't thirty four hundred dollars. <sighs> yeah. So, all right, let's let's wrap it. <laughs> Let's wrap it there. What I really should have asked you is what do you like better uh, video conferencing on the Apple TV or the vision pro and tell me why it's the vision pro. That's how I should have properly asked that question. But Hey, before, before you boot us though, I will say, keep in mind that the Apple TV 4k, I don't think this is going to, we're going to see this um, translating into our custom, like our um, commercial customers projects. Uh, this is going to be utilized by residential customers for personal purposes. I think eventually Apple is going to try to maybe get into that, but they're going to have to support uh, third-party other codecs and devices and stuff like that. But it is a step in an interesting direction. I think it w it won't have the same penetration as or disruptive force as the iPad did in terms of like control panels, but. I will be very curious to see how easily you can run a, a call and transfer it to your Apple TV and what that quality looks like. Because if it can beat the $1,000, you know, conference bar from any manufacturer you want to really throw out there in terms of ease of use, picture quality, and mic pickup, that will be an interesting conversation. Because there will be a ton of startups and, you know, SMB clients that every time you go to quote any of the big brands um, from our space, their their bars and their cameras, you'll get the, but we can just use a phone that we already have and, and hook it up. And be like, yeah, you can. Well, and if they're used to using it at home. Yep. If they learn how to use it at home first or their kids are doing it on all the Apple products at home first it's going to translate to to work very differently. We still have corporate clients that say I just want an Apple TV to 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 airplay to. And it doesn't matter how much you show them better products. Like yeah, but it's it's easy it works, I don't care. So, all right, let's leave it there. Uh Ian, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Premier SAV out in Jackson, how can they do that? They can go to our website, premiersav.com, and that's uh, P-R-E-M-I-E-R-E-S-A-V.com. And uh, hit me up, um, email ian.brian at premiersav.com. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Amanda, thank you for joining us uh, from the car. If people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, where can they do that? Uh, just search True Media Home on anything, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, your favorite, TikTok, uh, wherever. Stop, I'm there. Stop it. <laughs> It's, it's fun. Come Gosh, on. It's okay. Social media queen. 
It's okay. No, it's not. All right. Thank you uh, again for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avianation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.